Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and discuss Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, one radiation-filled minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. <laughs> and, uh, I'm Chris LaSalle. Hey, Chris. We stopped doing that. <laughs> uh, so we are on to Minute 86, and we'd like to welcome back Keith McDaniel for another episode. Welcome back, Keith. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me again. Yes. Thanks for coming back on a Wednesday. Yes. Uh, so, yes, we moved on to minute number 86, and this minute starts with Kirk saying, fire, and ends with Chekhov arriving on the bridge. Great. Our, our first Chekhov on the Enterprise moment. Oh, yeah. Bit of a milestone. Yes, and everyone notices him, <laughs> unlike <Yeah>. David. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my first note, you know, Kirk, Kirk, I guess he yells fire. He's pretty calm about it, I think, right? Fire. Yeah. Fire. Um, but I, I guess I, I guess I have, I'm um, confused about where is he looking. Like, I feel like him and Savick are looking off to the left, almost as if they're trying to extend the view screen enough to look out the side of the Enterprise. I, I just feel like their eyesight is in the wrong spot. Hmm. Are they looking at Cadet Todd? He's at the weapons station, right? Perhaps, yes. But that goes back to our... We always get confused that, you know, Sulu's the one who always seems to get to fire stuff, even though yes, that's, Cadet well, that's, Todd's at the yeah, weapons station. Yeah, right. They gave, gave the job to the cadet now. <laughs> I will say that I, I do love I do love the the way that the Enterprise is sort of still sort of veering off to the right, you know, veering off to starboard, and then the phasers are firing out of that, you know, uh, port side. Uh, you know, you, I, I think you think like the Enterprise has the phasers on the front, and then to see them on the side, it just it just looks so cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Maybe maybe that's what Cadet Todd's in charge of. Maybe he's only allowed to fire the the side phasers. The side phasers, yeah, perhaps. And I, and I like that the Enterprise. The nice touch they threw in there with the uh, the recent damage is still on fire. Yes. Oh, that's great. Where you can see it sort cool. of see yeah. it sizzling. Yes. <laughs> and I will say. So remind me. It's been a while, Dave. I know you're watching Next Generation, right? Yes. Um, is it the next generation starships that they can fire a phaser like in any direction? Doesn't yeah, it, it has. Like... It has the the phaser band is like all around, so it basically the band lights up and then the phaser sh- shoots from whichever direction there they want to go in. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I know it's a technology technological advance, right, between now and next generation. Right. But I really like this. You know, this seems much more uh, realistic to me. Like, all right, we got to put weapons on this ship. How many? You know, well, we'll put one in each direction, right? You know, and granted, it does uh, put them at a disadvantage. I suppose right. if the uh, Reliant was at the two o'clock position or something, they wouldn't be able to shoot it with a phaser, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but I was never. I don't know. Seems like a what's the word? Cop out? Not a cop out. It seems too easy that they can fire in any direction they want. Right. No, like, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, you have the, you know, obviously the forward phaser, the port, the starboard. You have the, you know, the forward photon torpedoes. Um, now, we know that Reliant has aft torpedoes. Does Enterprise have aft torpedoes as well? Hmm. I don't That's know if I ever... Question. 
I don't know if I ever thought. Not that we need need them right now, but I'm just as we're going through the things like. Yeah, I didn't even notice where Reliant launched them from. Did it launch it from that roll bar thing, or does it launch it from the body? No, no, the yeah, the top part that comes up over above the Reliant, where it meets in the yeah, that big thing that meets in the middle is their is their photon launcher, oh. which which brings up a whole host of other questions, like <laughs> are there people stationed up there yep. in that little? Because as we know through the March of the Cadets. When we see the, you know, the the dancing, you know, the alternating uh, opening of the uh, torpedo bay, do they have people up in their torpedo bay that just sort of sit there? Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Loading there, loading there, black tic tacs. Yeah. <laughs> do they do they have to crawl up the pylons? You know, and over. That was my next question. How big are those tubes that they get get in there? I would say. Two to beam up to Torpedo Bay. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the scale. That's a good. It's I don't know. I, let's assume that it's as tall. You would have. You could walk in it. It's hard to tell, right? It's the scale of things. It is. I mean, but if I you look at you, could... you look at the windows and on the side where the lights are. I mean, I'm assuming that those are supposed to be windows. And yeah, yeah I, I suppose that you know the windows human size. So I suppose you could make a reasonable assessment that you could take a turbo lift up to a point and then you'd have to walk across. It'd be quite the, uh, quite the journey to get from the bridge to the torpedo bay though, huh? Right. Cause you'd have to go down and then across and then over to the right and then up, <laughs> up again, the arm across the arm. I mean, it's, it would take you forever to get there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the guy that gets the, the, you know, the, the short straw and have to go up there. And then he gets there and the door's locked. He forgot his keys. He's got to go all the way back. <laughs> As we digress, uh, yeah. As we digress, so so Enterprise takes a takes a shot right and actually uh, bang on right. It hits yeah. the bridge. It's the bridge right on the right on the on the, on the right side, side on the left side. Yeah, yeah. And and again, a good continuity, I think, with um, you know, with the explosion on the bridge. It, yep. it it seems to roughly line up with where it got hit on the exterior. Yeah, that panel just. Boom! Looks fine in one frame, and then it's exploding in the next. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's a guy walking right in front of it at the time. He just disappears. Oh yeah, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> Gross. Um. So, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go no, ahead. I was just gonna say, like, uh, you know, as we're moving through the scene, Khan is. I mean, is he the only one that survives? Uh, I think so. Think after that explosion, were to assume that everyone dies. Well, later on, two- I, I peeked ahead too, and uh, later on, there are people back on the bridge on um, when he finally gets it. Really? Yeah, like alive people. Mm, like Ooh. just a one or two in the background. Well, yeah, we would think that there's not. I mean, we've counted before, and there's, you know, there's fourteen. And we know that not everyone's on the bridge. I mean, everyone can't be on the bridge because they need people either in engineering or, heaven forbid, you're in the torpedo bay, you know, wherever you're stationed. So there must be two or three guys, you know, uh, elsewhere on the on the ship. So maybe they they come up to help him, you know, run the run the operation. Right. Yeah, because we only see it's hard to account for all the henchmen we know. Right. There's five of them here in the shot when it explodes. Right. And I think we're looking at stuntmen because that woman on the helm is not 
the woman we've been looking at for the past few minutes. Right. Um, and I never noticed this before, but uh, the guy that goes flying over the railing uh, is standing right next to the you know the section of wall that explodes. That's supposed to be Joaquin. Yeah. Which I don't. I did not. Yeah, I was going to say that as well, because he's clearly, he, you usually see him at the helm, at Sulu's position, so to see him over there talking to whoever that is, I, I find that off, and maybe they had to make his exit more spectacular. Yeah, it just, it, I, but like I said, in all the years I've I've watched this, and we know that, you know, Joaquin's going to get squished by a chunk of ceiling, Right. I, I I never put, I guess I never connected the two moments of the guy flying over the railing was him. I just assumed, I think I assumed all this time, it was like, oh, Joaquin fell down, you know, during the explosion, then the thing landed on him. But it's, no, he's the guy that flips over the railing. Yeah. So, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just, I think I'm, again, I I said it last minute and I'm going to say it again. I think to our detriment, sometimes the minute format, it, 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 it makes you pick at things that, you know, where's Khan? Is he over to, you know, is he far enough away from the explosion? Clearly, like, he's way off to the, you know, to the left of our of our scene here. And that's why he's able to run across and, uh, you know, it's almost like he's, he's not on the bridge anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like that, exp- again, I'm nitpicking and I apologize that I'm nitpicking, but the explosion, as big as it is, it just, I feel like it's, not big enough that it would take everyone out. Yeah, what do you think of the stunt people in this? Um, they look like they're just jumping out of their chairs. <laughs> you know, I, I was I was more struck by not so much the 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 jumping and the reaction is how they all end up. <laughs> right? That's, I mean, when they kind of pull back and the ceiling falls on Joaquin, like there's a woman who's off to the right, who's just totally slumped on the floor. Yep. There's the there's the hel- the woman who's just draped over the helm. Yeah. Like their their death poses are disturbing. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's you know I, Keith brought it up last minute about the whole you know how this is a different entity when people take damage you know how they die and then other fantasy movies or like you know we brought up Star Wars how. You know, we see them maybe in the cockpit of their, you know, X-Wing, but for the most part, we just see them sort of, they blow up in space. Here, we're seeing, like, actual death scenes of, you know, mass explosions and fires, which, again, I think brings more emotion to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, just plain realism to me. Yes. Right. And, and again, why I can't show that my kids this movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would be, you know, Joaquin getting squished by the, the ceiling panel, whatever that is, um, and Khan running over to him. If I was Khan, I'd be worried about that gas that's coming out of the, uh... Yeah, that looks pretty nasty, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it? Like, mustard yellow? I'm like, ooh, that can't be... <laughs> that's not gonna be... That can't be friendly. And, and, and at some point, it catches on fire. Because oh, yeah. you, you see the smoke sort of billowing out, and then all of a sudden a fire erupts in the turbo lift there, right? right. Which which gives which, which gives the effect, you know, when you see Khan throwing the, you know, the piece of uh, ceiling away, like it's you know, like it's nothing. Superior strength, um, you know, the 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 gas looks fantastic, you know, in that in that view. 
Yeah, it's a great lighting effect. Right. Compared to the rest of the bridge color. Yes. <laughs> so Dave, you said it, superior strength. So yes. I had a question. Is is that what we're supposed to be thinking here? Is this supposed to be an example of his super strength? I've or al- that, that's or- what I've always thought. Yes. I too. always, because he's, you know, he's got the superior intelligence. We clearly know he's very strong because he lifts Chekhov off like, up like he's nothing. So here I remember, recall that moment. So he picks up a huge chunk of metal, you know, a steel beam and tosses it like it's, you know, a you know, toilet paper roll. Whoosh. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to mention here, though, with the sound design, there is like it's like the live set audio for a few seconds in here. And it really takes me out of the movie, to be honest. It just doesn't really? sound right. It, it really just sounds like the normal, you know, um, microphone picking up the movement of, you know, stuff and instead of like, it goes away quickly, but it's definitely just like, there's no like sound adornment, you know, that would, that no, is no music happening. playing in the background sort of thing. Right. Or like any kind of like little electronic glitches or mm. static or you know, um, ex- mini explosions. It's just very odd to me. I don't know if the sound editor like just left it, left it off accidentally, but it just really sounds strange to me. You know, it's, I, it, Keith, I've actually noticed that more than once throughout the film where they you, you just get that, you know, the – They've got one mic, you know, on the set, and uh, and you can tell that they're, you know, you're either hearing the, you're either hearing the dialogue uh, right on set. It doesn't get, you know, redubbed later, mm-hmm. or you know, you hear somebody walking on the set, and it just doesn't sound like, oh, are they walking on wood? I thought that was all steel, you know. <laughs> right. um, so I would say that's that's happened a couple of times, and um, I'm just glad here that we don't hear the styrofoam piece of ceiling squeaking as he throws it. <laughs> You know, you know what makes it. This makes me think of um, is someone had posted on, I think it was the Star Wars Minute, um, you know, page, and they had showed the scene where they're trapped in the garbage chute, mm-hmm. and they actually showed the scene that it originally had music in it, and it had such a different feel to it. So you you have to wonder what what these sound guys go through, like. Like in this particular scene, yeah, there's no music, there's no sound effects in the background, so it it does give a different feel. Like if there were sounds in the background, like if they actually had dubbed in music, like how would it feel? How would it? How would you react to it? And it's just interesting to note, like how things, how why they make the decisions they make in order to you know make it sound the way they want. I think they did miss the mark here. Do you guys have not to be too nitpicky, but I, I want to be. Um, when when Khan throws that thing. Um, just before it goes out of frame, it it looks like it catches on something. The railing? Oh, oh to me, it, it totally is. Like, he picks it up and waiting for the extra on the side to hold it and pull it off screen. Oh, you think someone pulled it? <laughs> it's, it's either on a rope, like someone is, like, yanking the rope to pull it up and off screen, or someone is actually there, like, pulling it. Yeah, I think I think Keith's probably right. It's probably the railing, right? It's supposed to be the railing that it bumped, but but I thought it would look like that somebody caught it off screen, like he just tossed it to somebody and they grabbed it. 
Well, I think the way I think the way he throws it lends it to me to me believing that it's like on some sort of pulley system that as he's lifting it up, someone is on the other end pulling it up, and it just looks too like phony. It has a life of its own. <laughs> like yes, it yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like the stuntman. It, it jumped. It jumped yeah. out of his hands. <laughs> oh, we're awful. Sorry. Yes. All right. We've been nitpicky, so let's move on. Um, so we move back to the Enterprise. Um, we're in the engineering room. McCoy is, you know, riding the Inviso elevator down. Scotty looks like he's not doing too well at all. Kirk comes over the intercom. Damage, Mr. Scott. And Scotty barely making it to the um, to the radio. And McCoy sort of just even not even noticing Scotty having a problem. Looks over the opposite direction um, to where... <laughs> he's looking for something else. He's clearly not there for Scotty. He's there for something else. Hmm, I thought there was someone else here sick. Hmm, I guess not. Um, yeah, maybe he's maybe he's interested in what the uh, the other engineer guy is interested in, who's just looking. Who's just standing there? He's just okay. standing there looking inside like, oh, I wish I could go in there. He's, he's rocking back and forth, though. <laughs> I think he's yeah. a little tipsy. I, I think what I like about this is – I think James Doohan does a great job convincing us that, yes, there's some sort of, you know, something's going on, you know, the radiation, whatever, whether he was inside the room or not. The fact what draws me out is the extra who's not doing anything and the fact that McCoy pays him no attention and then runs off screen and then immediately runs back. Like, it's just the, the it's a weird setup. You don't think you don't think McCoy's just down there. He's just down there looking for someone to help. Right. Yeah, he's carrying, he's carrying a case, like a med kit. But I feel like the fact that he comes down, he sees Scotty, he walks right by him, looks in the, the I'm assuming, the warp core chamber thing, uh, the mains, wherever the mains go, pays no attention, and then rushes off the other way. Like, here Scotty's basically dying. <laughs> Well, maybe he maybe he just thinks Scotty's drunk. Uh, Scott, you're like ah, Scotty looks like this all the time. So we we you know Scotty then he then tells Kirk you know Admiral I've got to take the mains offline the radiation to which finally McCoy being the hero jumps in to to catch him. Yeah, but I. I had a totally juvenile thought, like, you know, he's passing out because he's feeling so sick. Would have been funnier if he threw up on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, now that I've thought it in my head, I keep seeing him just like, oh, the radiation, bro. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, I, I got to say, um, I looked at the script um, for The Wrath of Khan uh, just for this moment. I don't know why, um, but... He in the script he mentions the energizers shaken loose. The energizers shaken loose. So there, and that may be important for what Spock has to do um, in the future minutes. But right. why they left that out, I'm not sure because it does give it a little more information about like it feels like okay, someone's got to go in there and do something to fix something. Instead of just the mains aren't working or offline or whatever. Yeah, that would have been a good little a good little tidbit. Because yeah, I've always wondered that. Like, what does Spock actually do in that scene? But 
we'll have to we have to save it. Sorry, we can't go yeah. ahead, Keith. Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> Is this Scotty's best performance in the film? I think he does a good job here. I think he definitely does a good job. I think his best performance in this movie has got to be when he brings uh, Peter Preston in. Oh yes, that's right. You know, all the all the trainees ran. He stayed at his. Bo- I feel like that's you know James Doohan did a fantastic job. He, I mean, he's a really good actor. I mean, in uh, in the scenes we see him, I think he does a great job. I just think the setup of this scene is so poorly done <laughs> that it just looks weird. Yeah, maybe there, there was some stuff. Well, if if like Keith said, there was more dialogue here. Maybe there was a uh, McCoy yeah. was doing something else in the maybe. You know what I mean? Right. They maybe they just they kind of just cut up the, how they originally filmed the scene. So now we move over to the Reliant, and we see Joaquin clearly, clearly dying. And this is one of the discussions I think we've had throughout the entire movie. So here in his dying moment. Who is Joaquin? Because clearly he is someone of value to Khan. Yeah, I, you know, Joaquin dies, right? Uh, and Khan says, I shall avenge you. Right. And he's surrounded by the rest of his crew, and they're all dead. And, you know, shouldn't he stand up and say, I shall avenge you all? But no, he saves it specifically for Joaquin. But it's not even he's 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 saying, I'll avenge you. He is hugging the corpse of Joaquin. He is holding him in his arms saying, I shall avenge you. To me, that's more than your right-hand man. Like, yeah, as, as grief-stricken as, you know, someone dying on, on the vessel, I just, this means more than just... He's another member of the crew. Like, there has to be something more to, to Joaquin than just another member of the crew. So, so are, he, are you saying that you think he is his son? I go back and forth because I... Obviously, there's he, he's not 15 years old. And um, unless, like, he had some... There's some sort of, you know, business with the eels, with the, the planet shift, with the biometrics of being on, you know, SETI Alpha or, or what. I don't know, but it just – there's no way he's 15. So they've been – they were marooned on fi- for 15 years on, you know, the planet. So – but I, I – part of me is like, yes, he's his son. Like that's what, that's what my intuition is to believe is that he is his son. I like to think of it, and I, and I think you could you could make the case for it, um, in you know just in the parallels in the movie, you know, as far as Kirk, um, right? You know, Kirk and David, yeah, um, father son. You know, they could very easily, you know, make this another father son, yeah. Um, and uh, I, you know, I think it works. Other than you know the question mark of what's the deal with everybody's age. But I think we have that question mark about all of them anyway. Right. And so maybe they are all just because they're superhuman. Maybe they grow fast. You know, yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. It's, it's, that's, you know, it's that sense of, you know, uh, you got to suspend your disbelief here. Yeah. But yeah, I, I always Keith, thought have you ever, have you ever thought he was his son? Uh, to be honest, no. Um, but I always saw this as like a big cult thing. So, I, like he has this, you know, admiration you know, of like of Khan as the cult leader, um, and and I see Joaquin as being um, 
like his most trusted, you know, believer. And, you know, his dying words are, you know, uh, to that point, I think, um, you know, we hear him say, um, yours is a superior and he can't even finish it, but, but he's, he believes in Khan's superiority almost as like, uh, almost like a God in a way. And that's kind of the way I think, you know, cult, I guess the cult of personality type of relationship kind of goes. You, you see these people as like not necessarily human anymore, but something right. bigger. I, I like that because that's uh I think that gives I, I think that gives that line of yours is the superior I think it gives it a different read um, of, of that if he, if he does worship him like that yes. yeah that, that would make sense I think another way to read it I I always wondered if he was being just you know uh, almost throwing it in Khan's face one last time like mm. you know yours is the superior and look where it's gotten you. You've, yeah. you've still, you've still lost, you still lost and you lost us and me or what, you know what I mean? Um, so I've always wondered about that line of, of, you know, which way you're supposed to take it. You know, is it, is it reproachful, a, you know, a reproach or is it, or in awe? Um, yeah, that's a good, I'd never thought of it that way, Chris, but I, I think I thought of it the way Keith had said, like, it's sort of like, yeah, I'm still, I'm still your man. I'm still yours. Like I, I bow to your superior, but I never really thought about it as, as he had through the entire movie, sort of, you know, uh, given Khan the business a little bit of, you know, always at the, every turn being like, you have a ship, we need to escape, let's get out of here, and here even at the end he's sort of like, screw you, man. <laughs> right. I'm sad for Joaquin. As am I. He had it right all along. Yep. Yeah, should have gotten out of there. They had Genesis. I uh, do whatever you want. <laughs> I got distracted doing this, uh, looking at the dead henchman behind them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> With the guy over the railing who's sort of just hanging there. Yeah, because I mean, it's not a, it's not a mannequin. It's a dude. It's one of the, it's one of the actors, and he's just, just hanging there. You mean that's no Chekhov lying on the ground mannequin? <laughs> nope. Yeah, that would be so. Going back to the last minute, right? That would be mannequin appearance number two. So this could be three, but I'm pretty sure that's a real guy. That's a real dude. Yeah, that's yeah, a real guy. All right. So where do we go from here? So, the death of what you know what? I was going to say death of I was going to say death of Joaquin, but it's really the death of the crew of the Botany Bay, right? Yeah, it's what's left of the Botany Bay. They just all died, as far as we know. They're all dead. So raise a glass too. Not just Joaquin, but the rest of them. I was going to say, you know, and Khan says, you know, I shall avenge you, you know, and it's a quick cut. Like, I, I don't know why they cut the scene so quickly after Khan speaks. Um, because mm. it, it kind of like immediately, like they could have like added a few more seconds here just to let it right. soak in like the sadness of the situation. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting pacing. Yeah, because then we just get the you know the reliant just sort of floating look like it's on its yeah just on its merry way. It doesn't look like it's doesn't really look at the, any worse for wear. It's just sort of floating off. Yeah, it it cool. almost makes me feel it almost makes me for an instant it makes me feel bad because it's just sort of listing away. I mean, there's no one at the helm. It's just sort of drifting away, one like it did before. I would have preferred to see it tumbling. You know, like more of a you know. 
drifting away, but also spinning at the same time. That would give you a little, give you a little more sense of that it's out of control. Right, yeah. So then we cut back to uh, the Enterprise, and we get a moment of, uh, here comes Chekhov. Here comes Chekhov. Save the day. Like Mighty Mouse. <laughs> so, and then I guess I, I, I have my Chekhov notes for next minute, so... Uh, I'm out at this point. How about you guys? I am as well. Yeah. Again, Kirk notices him. Oh, the door's opening. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I still have to wonder if they even know David's on the bridge. <laughs> I did yeah, notice. He looked at, over his other shoulder. I did notice at the beginning of this minute that David has now moved from behind the railing to next to Savick. Can you guys oh. see me? I'm standing right here. <laughs> Yeah, how did he get there? Did he get there? Did he walk down, or did he get thrown down there? Hanging out with Savick. Yeah, she's a pretty lady on the bridge, so I guess I can understand. They got a little relationship going here. Yeah, are you okay? All right, boys. Well, then, why don't we wrap it up here? Okay. And, uh, sure. All right. Great. Uh, and then, folks, you can uh, you can find us online. Uh, at all the usual places, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook. We're at the Rathacon Minute Listener Federation on Facebook. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can drop us an email at podcast at rathaconminute.com. And uh, we're going to be back here again on Friday. Keith, can you uh, can you make it again on Friday? Yeah, uh, it's after Thanksgiving, but uh, I think I'll make it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Enjoy your Thanksgiving then. And uh, we'll be back on Friday uh, with Minute 87 of Star Trek II here at the Rathacon Minute. Happy Thanksgiving.